Popculture Pastor. Well, hello there, um, Cody. You're all uh, you're all decked out in your Mahomes gear. I am. Uh, it's it's a big day for in the in the Haviland household, isn't it? You guys are big fans. We are. I don't know how much sleep Leah got because <laughs> I did go to sleep. Yeah, I know that in our household, sports, especially Chiefs football, is must watch TV. Yeah, kind of like when Friends was on NBC. <laughs> so yes, yeah, that was uh, that was the in fact. I think they named it must watch TV. They did. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a real thing. Look at you. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that the Chiefs are good. I'm glad. Like so, I was thinking about this watching the game yesterday, and I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm watching Patrick Mahomes. Who's got one good leg? He's out there limping around, <laughs> being delicate, and still like throwing for three hundred plus yards and two touchdowns. And all I could think of was John Elway. Do you know why? Why? Because for years, being a Chiefs fan was the eternal suffering of knowing that our quarterback sucked, <laughs> and your biggest rivals had that guy. They had then the Broncos got Peyton Manning. And they won a Super Bowl. And it just kind of continued. There was there was so many years where the Chiefs were a, a quarterback away from actually making noise in the playoffs, which they had Joe Montana, and they went to the AFC Championship game, and he got, a con- he got concussed in the first Happens half. Happens to the best of us. And we got blown out. So, like, we were a quarterback away for so long. And there were I, I can remember John Elway made me cry. There was a there was a game where I I cried because John Elway we were ahead John Elway had a fourth quarter comeback shocker and um, as I was watching the game last night it was just like man all those years of man if we just had that guy and now we do we have the not just that guy we have the guy this yeah. Patrick Mahomes will go down as one of the best quarterbacks to play the game I think we can definitively say that now. Yeah. And he's still so young. Like he's he's amazing. And like, so I'm happy. I'm happy for Chiefs fans because we won't <laughs> if you were a Chiefs fan like I was, you dreamed of having the guy. Well, right now, Chiefs Twitter is so insufferable. If you're not a part of it. <laughs> Let me amend that for you. All Twitter is so insufferable. <laughs> but if you are like really all about the sports and your team is not Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Especially if your team's Cincinnati or Buffalo, yeah, um, it's it's rough out there. Yeah, so but it's good. Be nice, people. Super Bowl parties are so much better when your team's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, for most of my life, that wasn't a reality. No, no. So we're happy. Cody's happy. The Haviland household is happy today. We are, and uh, we got two weeks to to bask in it for real. And then it's like you know, I have dreams of. Bathing in nacho cheese sauce. <laughs> Super Bowl party, baby. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Did I just say that out loud? You did. This is the Pop Culture Pasta Radio Show. <laughs> and I'm Dave. Cody's here, as you have heard. Yes, this is me. Yeah. And um, right. 
we're going to talk about some things today. I do later in the show want to get back to sports. We don't talk about sports very often. All the sports. Uh, but I want to get back to something I noticed after the game last night. So we'll talk about that okay, later so on. This has nothing to do with the Royal Rumble. No. No, I was ready to go all in on that one. <laughs> if we said we were about to talk about the Royal Rumble, the set, the next sound you would hear would be uh, tens and tens of people shutting their radios off. We were that close, people. We were <laughs> that close. <laughs> we just wanted to free you up. So, Cody, let's role play a little bit. You go to McDonald's and you're in the drive through. I'm feeling spicy today. No, no, you don't go through the drive through. You go inside. Okay. Because then you can see what's going on, right? That you, sounds like something I would do. You place your order for Big Macs because you're hungry. I don't know why I'm ordering four Big Macs, but I'm doing it. I just told you you're hungry. I don't like their hamburgers because they don't take off the onions. Four McChickens. <laughs> okay. I'm back. And and they, they ring up the order. You pay. And you notice in the back that uh, there's not a human making your McChickens. Uh, it's a robot. Now, we know, have come to the future. I don't know what the robot looks like. Maybe it's got a hook for a hand. I don't know like if it's just like kind of a mechanical arm or if it's like a humanoid looking robot. I don't. I'm not privy to these things. The humanoid-looking robot would scare me. Yeah, but according to CNBC, uh, robots are going to help address the fast food labor shortage. So the one I'm looking at, like, like literally, it is kind of a mechanical arm with like hooks or whatever, oh. uh, and it's standing over the fryer. That's where they would, you know, make your McChicken. And there's the fast food industry is it's they're having a hard time find workers, right? Finding workers, keeping workers, and paying workers. A lot of that is is because working in fast food's repetitive. It can be boring. Uh, so they're adding robots to their kitchens using artificial intelligence, computer vision technology, and a mechanical arm. Miso Robotics Flippy Two has been deployed to Chipotle's, White Castles, and Wing Zones. White Castle said it plans to add a hundred Flippy robots to work the fry station at its restaurants nationwide. Um, so are we protesting this? I don't know. Are we? Tell me what you're thinking. Well, I mean, there would have to be labor organizations out there. They're like, you're taking jobs from well, people I mean, that need jobs. Maybe 20 years ago. Maybe and 20 years ago. Yeah. But like if now these you got parents that are like, my teenager was going to flip burgers for you, yeah. but they can't. <laughs> okay. So. This is okay. So yeah, this has been a, a, a subject for quite a while where, you know, like the Walmart doesn't have as many checkers. Now you have the self check and then they, then they check to make you sure you did your job right, which isn't even your job. It's their job. Like, don't get me started, but yeah. like they have more self check places than real check places. And so this has been a subject for a while, but I think with the pandemic and whatever has happened with young people where I, when I was in high school, I flipped burgers. And the whole, we had a manager who was an adult, but pretty much everyone else was a high school kid. And I guess that's not a thing now. Do they have too many activities? Even within a community this size and having all the activities that you could do, 
still, I would think that there'd be a fairly decent chunk of teenagers that would be like, oh, I need a job. Well, then why isn't there? Why do they, why do they not work these jobs? That's a good question. I mean, I don't know. I was a tree trimmer my whole high school career. I think you're right. I think 10 to 15 years ago, we would have all said, oh, man, robots, come on, you're taking jobs. But now, maybe for the first time in our lifetimes, nobody wants to work these jobs. And you're like, okay, bring on the robots. Um, bring on the robotic death when they all grow sentient. I am boycotting Chipotle now. First they came for your French fries. Then they came for your town. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, Jake Brewer, Chief Strategy Officer at Miso Robotics. He said Home this, of the Flippy 2. Home of the Flippy 2. It flips burgers, right? <laughs> the tide has turned. This is no longer a question of our robotics coming to the industry. It's a foregone conclusion. The question is at what pace and in what form. Up to 82% of restaurant positions could to some extent be replaced by robots, according to a forecast by restaurant consultancy, Aaron Allen and associates automation could save us fast food restaurants more than $12 billion in annual wages. The group said 82% of jobs in fast food could be manned by robots. What do you think about that? Or not fast food. He said restaurants. You would want people at the counters. Just for the human touch Do experience. You? Would you? Well, you still have like, well, McDonald's already has like the interactive menu. You can type on off yeah, to I the mean, side. I hear what you're saying. But I it, think is you, hospitality a thing we're good at anymore. I don't think we're good at it anymore. I think if you want older people to eat at your restaurant, you um, still have to have one person there that does the the register if it's fast food or does the seating and then like at real restaurants where they like bring out your food to you um i think you'd want that it's interesting what are the like okay so what are the draw let's just list the drawbacks before we get to well or do we want to do the positives the positives are um they don't mess up your order anymore they don't. Uh, if you have robots making the food, they're going to put exactly what you tell them to put on it. Yeah, and especially if you're using, like, so I'll use a very specific chain of fast food places. Like Sonic, you can order ahead on the app. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if you are putting in your order and a robot's making it, the only way there's going to be a mistake is if you forgot to click, I don't want onions on this burger. Yeah. So there, and then, so no more messing up orders. There's going to be a dependency on, you know, like, listen, a robot's not going to quit in the middle of their shift. No. Uh, it's not going to, it's not going to not show up to work because they're sick. Um, they're going to, it's going to be there unless it's the same people that make the ice cream machines. And then, you know, pff, yeah, all bets are off. I was off. going to say, <laughs> like, you would need maintenance workers for the robots. <laughs> Although I am told every time I joke about McDonald's ice cream machines that it's not so much the machines are broken that it is the employee's unwillingness to clean a difficult part. Yes, so that they just turn it off early so they don't have to deal with it after it's closed and be there longer, right? So I've heard that. So maybe it's not the machine at all, but we go back to it's the human that's the bad part. So there's there's certainly positives, but what the, what are the negatives? No, your food can't be made with love. Yeah. What? Oh, 
Okay, I'm oh. joking, but I'm serious. Um, sometimes someone takes pride in their job and makes the food really well. I was going to say, I've had some uh, case management kids in the past that have went to work at like fast food places and they loved cooking. Yeah. Like they're like, Oh my goodness, this is actually fun. Uh, when I'm just in the zone and they get self-fulfillment and joy out of it. And you get a nice quality product. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Let me, let me, let me give you a little scenario. Sometimes you go to Taco Bell or the, uh, the whatever your fast food taco place is a choice and you get tacos and they're kind of sad. There's only a little bit of meat in the bottom. Mm. They're, they're not full. The shells are broken. You know what I'm talking about. Been there. Sometimes, depending on if there's someone who's back there working, maybe there's more meat in it. Maybe they throw in a little bit more cheese on it. Uh, it's fresh. It's made with love. You see what I'm saying? Like, But then the management's like, that's cutting into our profit margins. <laughs> Six inches. Six inches. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you're going to know, Soylent Green. Uh, <laughs> it's people. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. Ah! That's my best Charlton Hessen. That's the best one I got. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Let my people go. Ah! <laughs> um, other, there's other companies besides this uh, Miso Robotics. Apparently, there's a company called Picnic. Uh, who has a pizza station that can make up to 130 oven-ready pizzas per hour. So that one, I, I think... That you, would be perfect for a Little Caesars chain. Yeah, so you would have to, like... It sounds like it, it just makes the pizzas, and then you have to physically put it in the oven. Yeah, um, uh, which would be, like, the Papa Murphy's style. Yeah, but, like, so in the pizza-making business, that is the most tedious of the jobs. The one where, like, you, you roll out the dough, and you put the toppings on and that one's the most tedious. So I could see why they would want a robot for that. Um, Autech, another company has a, a line of sushi robots. Ew. <laughs> oh, stop. Ew. You, what do you have against sushi? Um, it could be quite delicious and it doesn't have to have raw fish in it. Like there's, a, there's such a thing as a California roll. Then that's not real. Yeah, but of course it is. It's sushi. There's just different kinds of sushi. You, you, you Americanized it like oh, you Americanized. You, you need to Mexican get out there food. and expand your palate, Cody. Give it a try. Give Keep it, it authentic. Give it. Give a California roll a try. You might like it. And I might gag to <laughs> death. I might die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, there's apparently all these. The, the robot boom is coming for the restaurant industry. Have we not watched Terminator? And I'm not... Well, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Megan. The time of the machines has come. <laughs> then we're back to the first, they came for your french fries. <laughs> then they came for the world. Um, I don't know. Because I think for chains especially, fast food especially, who are having such a hard time getting employees, if we think that this isn't a pendulum, if we think that that's not coming back, mm -hmm. but it could be a pendulum, right? A new generation would have new, uh, new ways of reacting to the world. So it could just be a generational thing where today's teenagers don't want to work in food. I don't know. Is, is that possible? 
Uh, and then what? Then what are they going to do if you have a generation of teenagers that wants to work and earn money? Yeah. Uh, so with my mindset, uh, again, I, I initially when you read the story, my mind went to like, if you have this much money to invest in robot tech, upkeep and maintenance, because you're going to have to maintenance those things. I mean, grease gets in the air. It's going to get in parts. It's going yeah. to get everywhere. You have enough money to increase minimum wage for your employees. Yeah. I think I think where I'm at with it is, yes, I think for fast food, like your chains, especially your big chains, I'm okay with it because I think it works for them. But we also live in a smaller town where we have like the mom and pop restaurants that I think I'd still appreciate having my food made by like a real human being. And you could still have places like that where you went to and you've been like, hey, this is still... I think it helps out fast food chains, helps out the quality of the product actually for there, while simultaneously putting a premium on home cooked meals, which you could get at a mom and pop, like even like a like a greasy spoon type place, you know? Yeah. Like I think it would accentuate that and be like, oh, some people would just rather have that. Because there is a difference between, you know, the assembly line food and then someone who made you something with love. Yeah, I, I'm still against the machine, right. even though I do want better quality. You're Michael, at, you're Michael Bean in the original Terminator. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I feel like once you go that route, you can't ever switch back and that it will then increase big corporations to say, you know what? We can do everything robotic. And then what are people doing? And then if there's one thing I learned from Jack on Lost, it's we have to go back. We have to go back. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Cody. So we got to talk about sports. We got to talk about sports. Okay. This, this could not be ignored by the end of this weekend. A lot of people don't know this, but I'm doing a po another podcast on KU basketball. I don't really put it out there a lot because I'm just doing it to help out a friend. Uh huh. Because I'm not. I'm not super. I don't like you know. I like sports, but I'm not. I don't follow it like I did when I was younger. It's a young man's game. It really is. and uh, But I was inspired to help him out because of the pitch. He said, I want to do something different. And what I want to do is, like, if you follow um, these accounts on Twitter or social media, you realize that sports fans are kind of messed up. Again, fan is short for fanatic. Yeah. So we do this podcast called Not the Experts, and it's only on KU Basketball. But the whole shtick of the show is, is we kind of bounce off of things people say on social media that are utterly ridiculous. KU's the worst basketball program I've ever seen in my life. You're trying to be funny, but every time they lose a game, that's a tweet. By yeah, God, it by, is. By someone who has like 50,000 followers. Let's it's, fire Bill Self. It's total insanity, Okay. So I'm just I'm letting you know where I'm coming from here because like I'm a pastor and I do a million things, but this is also another one. Anyways, flash forward to this past weekend, we we're watching the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, hoorah against over the Cincinnati Bengals. Now there were there's calls all the time. There's calls in every game. Oh yeah. <laughs> so late last night. As this this game is continuing and um, somebody is 
texting my phone that I didn't have on silent. <laughs> Always silence your phones, kids. But as this game's continuing, it's coming down to the crunch time. Kansas City has the ball. They need to get in field goal range before time runs out. And Patrick Mahomes scrambles out of the pocket, which is being generous because he's more like <laughs> he's more like limping badly like the guy running away from the big scary monster at the end of a scary movie. <laughs> Although he was booking it as the guy oh. limping away. <laughs> oh, yeah. He looked terrible, though. He was yeah. going, but he looked terrible. Where a, And a Bengals player... I mean, Mahomes is like, look, Mahomes is a yard and a half out of bounds. Mm -hmm. It wasn't close. Yeah. And I say that as neutrally as I can say it because of what I'm about to describe. But he gives him like two shoves, actually Mm -hmm. extends the arms, shoves them. They go careening into like the bench, which are what? 10 yards off the sideline. Oh, yeah. Uh, Both of them do. And he actually hurt himself. The guy that did it. Yeah. He hit his right knee against it. Yeah. And so he gets a penalty. It was a late hit out of bounds. And that puts Kansas City in field goal range. In fact, they kick a field goal on the next play and the game's over. Um, Essentially. Which, for context, this guy had sacked Mahomes earlier. Oh, he'd had a great game. Oh, yeah. He was getting pressure on Patrick... In his one leg. Yeah. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to, like, I'm not going to join in with the social media wave of bringing negative attention to guys that play a sport. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he made a bad decision. It results in the Chiefs winning the game. Now, after the game, this is point one. Well, you know what? We're going to take a break. Then I'm going to come back and tell you the first thing I noticed. We'll be right back. Okay, so we're talking about the AFC Championship game last night. And not really, we're not really talking about sports here. I'm getting to it, but it's not really going to be about sports. It's going to be about us. And so um, what happened was, was a Bengal player shoves Patrick Mahomes when he's well out of bounds. It results in a penalty that basically costs Cincinnati the game. Although, yeah, at that point, they were one first down away from field goal range, legitimately. Yeah. And I d- there's no guarantee that they would have stopped them anyways. But that just put the nail in the coffin, as they say. Like, from where he went out of bounds at, they could have kicked a field goal. If it went the way that he, the field goal they did kick went, I think it would have hit the upright and bounced out and not in. So... Like yeah. it, it might not have had the distance, but, but they would have taken. They kicked it with eight seconds. They, t- yeah. they probably do one more play mm-hmm. if they, if there's no penalty there to get a little bit closer. Anyways, after the game, Cody, just social media is overrun because you got to understand the Chiefs have the best player in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes, and when you have the best player, that means pretty much everyone else doesn't like you. Uh, Patriots fans will know what I'm talking about because oh, yeah. Tom Brady, who won all the time, except Cody was a Tom Brady fan. There are front runners <laughs> like Cody. <laughs> I was a fan before they were in front. Yeah, okay, sure, 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 sure. He won the Super Bowl like the first year he was a starter. I know. I was a fan before then because I didn't like Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> so shocking, Drew Bledsoe slander. Anyways. After the game, there's just all sorts of people. The refs cost Cincinnati the game. The NFL is rigged. NFL rigged was trending. Oh, yeah. There was like 30,000 tweets when I had checked. So 
point number one that I want to say is people see what they want to see. Because most of the people who were complaining about the refs were complaining about that call. Even like pundits, okay? So like Doug Gottlieb, a yeah. bunch of people say, well, the Bengals got cheated. And I was just like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, Emmanuel Acho was one that point or said that, oh, like you can't call that there. And it's like, no, you can. <laughs> he like look, Patrick Mahomes gets a lot of calls. I'm not even gonna yeah, I'm not even gonna qualify that. That was not one of them. No. That was a clear and and he clearly like you were lucky that he didn't get injured. Mm-hmm. Because if Patrick Mahomes gets injured, which was very possible in that scenario. And misses the Super Bowl, and they, they, even if they go on to win, like you've just clobbered their chances of winning. Like that dude, that was a flag. That's a penalty. There's no other way to look at that. Even if he had done it on someone like Marcus Kemp, who all the announcers were like, "Who's this guy?" Um, <laughs> that would have been a penalty. <laughs> half, half the Chiefs team was injured yesterday, and yeah, so we had guys in the game who hadn't seen the field all year. But yeah, it doesn't even matter that it's Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter who it is. The guy pushed him twice, once near the sideline, and then the second one was two yards in. Mm-hmm. And that was the worst one because it sends them both like dangerously into the, yeah, the They the bench. slide forever yeah. and at a high speed. And at, so after the game, you go online and there's all these people who are like, they, it just told me something about humanity that we see what we want to see. We do this in everything, politics, everything we argue about. And it always comes back to the same thing, self-righteousness, right? Yeah. But in sports, there's a little bit of added, I really, really wanted my team to win. That and or I had money on this game, which yeah, (laughs) the NFL, like if you want to do away with the whole, like this thing's rigged, take away gambling don't allow sports gambling on NFL games and that conversation will die out because there's no reason to rig it at that point. Well, we went in the opposite direction there, didn't we? We did. Cause that's gambling's across the board now. It is. So the sports social media scene after these big games, here's the problem. Cause it's not really about sports. It's not, we don't know how to lose. No. Every time we lose, it's not our fault. Even when you're just a fan of the team guys playing, every time we lose, it's not our fault. Um, it's the the refs. The refs cheated us. I was ready to say the whole wide receiving core fell apart, like by the end of the second quarter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I had it built in already. <laughs> like if the Chiefs lost, well, we wouldn't have used the refs. We'd have been like, well, we were playing guys that the announcers didn't know. Yes. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, whatever. But it's amazing how we do this in life because it transcends or descends to just about every part of our lives. Think about when, when our kids get trouble at school. Well, who provoked them? Did um, the teacher provoke them? Like, wait, wait. What? Where was the teacher? Why wasn't they watching them while yes. they're out in the playground? We do this with everything. We do it with politics where um, someone, our guy, the guy we've committed to, so we're committed to him, so our self-righteousness takes over. He can't lose. But if he does do something dumb or loses or says something dumb, it's always like the only defense is, well, this guy did this. Oh, yeah, and it was so apparent with, uh, like, now everyone has White House documents in their house. 
Anyone that's ever visited the White House. <laughs> let's let's take a side trip to that for a second. Upon hearing that Donald Trump had documents, you're like, oh, well, that's weird. He shouldn't have had those. That that yeah. was my reaction. Upon hearing that Joe Biden had documents and seemed like he had a lot of them going back to his time as senator, the public's react, reaction was, look, see, he did it too, which the reaction should yeah. have been, clearly this is a commonplace theme and we're just really not good at top secret documents we're not <laughs> it's just like this isn't a point it's point your fingers at a dude thing this is a point your fingers at a system and say clearly this is broken let's work on this or let's just do away with top secret right yeah but that was not the reaction everybody had like, the reaction everybody had was what we're talking about i i'm now waiting for like the officials to come out and say well obama bush and clinton all have they these probably documents. all did because like dude i can see so th the second i heard about the joe biden stuff i was like oh yeah 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 because i know what i do with i get papers and i bring them home from work oh yeah they get stacked somewhere the things get stacked on top of it and i forget all about them i have a locked cabinet at work that there's just the stack of papers I don't know what's in the stack, but like <laughs> there could be confidential information, which it's supposed to be locked and I'm doing it. Um, or, but it could just be like a bunch of PF Chang menus. I don't know. <laughs> just lovely, delicious PF Changs. Um, but, but look, this is what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is it should prompt in this, this inward looking of like, yeah, I could see how I, that can happen. I I could see myself self capable of doing something like that. Mm -hmm. Instead, we double down on self righteousness. We do, and we point fingers. And it happened in sports. It happens on social media after sports games, like it did yesterday. Like we're like, look, are the referees perfect? No. Have they ever been? No. So They're human. I saw one horrific thing at the end of the game, and then one amazing thing after the end of the game all involving that player oh man you're i know what you're gonna say i was all happy about the chiefs going gonna go to the super bowl and then they showed that guy on the sidelines like listen this is a grown man 200 and what 70 pounds 60 pounds yeah and he's sobbing mm. and you know you know what's gonna happen to him this week He's going to get eviscerated by people. He had a great game, by the way. Yeah. And he's going to get torn apart by people that previously, quote unquote, loved him. I didn't think that CBS should have focused on him. But as he's going to the locker room and one of his teammates oh. then starts yelling at him like, why did you touch the quarterback as they're going out of bounds? And I'm oh. like. Dude, you better be yelling at Joe Burrow for throwing two picks as well. And you better be yelling at yourself for missing tackles because that guy had missed tackles in the game. Yeah, that sports brings that out of people. Like, I know what you're talking about. And that was, of the two things, that's what they shouldn't have showed on camera. And to me, because when you lose, sometimes losing is hard for people, as we're discussing. Mm -hmm. And we say things we don't want to say. Now, now two Bengals have to live with something. Oh, that they yeah. did near the end or after that game when maybe that's not even the real them. That, no. It's emotional. Like there's money missed out on. They get bonuses for making the Super Bowl. They do. So um, so yeah. the good thing that I saw 
the amazing thing I saw was so every player gets interviewed after the game. He gets interviewed, the guy that shoves Patrick Mahomes out of bounds, and one of his teammates is standing right next to him with his hand on his shoulder. He is like, guys, he's already dressed this one. Let's move on to another question. That's awesome. I didn't see that interview. Yeah, so they're in the locker room, and one of his teammates is standing right beside him. That was the redeeming thing out of this whole kerfuffle. Good good for that teammate, because here's what I want to say after talking about all this. I know you're not used to us talking about sports a lot. Sports is a great place for us to practice treating humans like humans. Patrick Mahomes is a human being. He went home to tend to his wounds. He has a wife. He has two kids. And that everything that goes into that life goes into his life. Like he's got all those stresses and pressures that have nothing to do with football. And the dude that late hit him out of bounds, who made a mistake, which by the way, if you've never played sports at a high level, you have no idea how fast that all happens. Oh yeah. Cause in the locker room, he's talking about, Honestly, I was just trying to get to him, stop him before he got to the first down marker. And there's I, a rule where if they push him backwards, yeah, if he goes out of bounds backwards, then the clock doesn't stop. And that's what he said he was trying to yeah. do. And couldn't do it. Yeah. And so all I'm saying is this gives us great practice to treat someone like a human being, to show empathy, to imagine what it's like in their shoes. And we just don't do that very often. Hey, everybody, Dave here. What you have just listened to are bits and pieces of our radio show. We have a radio show on KFEX Firescape Radio located in Chanute, Kansas, You can hear that show from noon to four every weekday. So if you want to tune into that, you can go to www.kfex931.com or you can search KFEX in your app store on your smartphone and find their totally free app there. If you're a fan of Christian music, you might like to listen to our live show at when you're at work or uh, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're, you, you like music in the house, you may love to listen to that during the day. So give it a try. Um, we would also direct you to our podcast, Pop Culture Pastor. That's probably why you're listening anyways to this uh, version of what we do. As always, uh, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on our social medias on Facebook and Twitter. It helps us out when you share it, uh, when you review and and rate us on our podcast uh, homes. And of course, follow us on social media and share our stuff there. So thank you so much for listening. We love all of you guys so much. We have such a great community of listeners and uh, we'll see you when the regular pod drops on Friday.